Five minutes or so? No, I was like, I guess I was like ten minutes maybe. What do you think so far? I think I'm gonna die at some point in the next half hour. But thanks, Dave. This did is you, great. How did you keep up with all the boxing moves? Were you able to? Do you know your jab from your cross and your shoe shine or where the heck that was? Well, yeah, I've been a lawyer for 25 years, so this is all what I do all day. You don't look like you're too out of breath. I'm more out of breath than you are. You look really good though, Dave. Just saying. I'm just glad I'm not taking a punch from him. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did. That's okay. I'm gonna skip that part. Row restrictions, guys. I want you to all focus on setting a personal record. The ultimate goal is 700 meters, and I believe each and every one of you has the potential to achieve that in three minutes. So we've been through like four or five stations so far. I don't know. I kind of lost count. And uh, far, the highlight for me so far was George's knowledge of hip hop music. Oh, hey, Dave. How are you, you alive? I'm alive. I'm having a great time. We're like almost done, but it's like torturously not over yet, right? So, Dave, what did we learn today? I learned how fat I am, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I learned how much I could sweat. You really sweat a lot, right? You learned there are a lot of people in the city of Boston who are more fit than we are. Everybody is younger and prettier and more fit than we are. My apologies, Sarah, but the truth hurts. Sarah's gulping water. Yeah, so now we're drinking water. We're fine. We're still here. If this is our last transmission, please know I regret nothing. Final thoughts, Sarah? Well, now we're going to go talk to George Foreman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Talk to him. Punish him for the punishment he just gave us. Your face is sort of a shade of like a pomegranate, maybe. Do I look flushed? Yeah. What did Healthy glow. We both burned What's up, everybody? This is David Yaz, one of the hosts of Unbillable Boston. The uh, sounds you heard were myself and my co-host, Sarah Worley, trying to survive a workout session led by none other than... George Foreman III, that's right, you recall how the legendary fighter George Foreman had many sons named George, and so George III is here in Boston, if you didn't know, and has an amazing gym in uh, the south end of Boston or Seaport area, it's down around there, you'll uh, you'll find it when we give you the address and everything, but uh, if you haven't been there, it's excellent, and he leads a vigorous workout that, uh, well, if Sarah and I can make it through, then then you can too. And um, just we wanted to experience before we had our chat with George III. George is a pretty amazing guy. Uh, you know, he's not just the son of a boxer. He was, you know, he paid attention to his dad's career, not just in terms of, of competing in the boxing ring, but also marketing and business and everything. He's, uh, he's, per- he's helped market the George Foreman Grill, which you'll hear a little bit about that. He's been an executive producer of a TV show, and now he's got this gym. Again, one in the, in the uh, south end of Boston and another one opening up uh, downtown pretty soon. 
So we're going to have a terrific chat with George about boxing, about life. He's got uh, this website called everybodyfights.com, which is really the, the website for the gym, but it's more it's more of a philosophy that uh, George preaches. And when I say preaches, uh, I'm not being completely metaphorical. Uh, George Sr., who we all know, uh, after boxing and the George Foreman Grill and everything, became a minister. And so it's a very spiritual family. Pretty interesting chat, and it's a lot more interesting than me babbling, so I'll try to close out here, but you should check out our past episodes at thebostonpodcast.com. We had a recent chat with Governor Michael Dukakis, which was cool, Uh, talked about all kinds of moments in politics that you're going to want to hear about and hear how the governor is still very much alive and kicking over at uh, Northeastern University. Check those out and all of our past episodes. So on behalf of myself and Sarah Worley from Sarah Worley, uh, that's not the name of her company. Come on, Dave. From Worley Conflict Resolution and co-host Max Perlman, who blew off the session with George, but don't worry, he'll be back. Max is over at Hirsch Roberts, the employment law firm. On behalf of the entire Unbillable Boston team, I implore you folks, enjoy the day and enjoy the show. This one's for you, Boston. Washington's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is our f***ing city. You mind if I start the show now? I can do this. All right. <laughs> and... And hello, we go. Hello, Sarah. May I start the show, please? <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is David Yaz, along with Sarah Worley, as usual. This is a special edition of Unbillable Boston because we are live it, well, on location, I guess you would say, right? Live on location at uh, the club. What do we call it? The, the George? Help me. Uh, it's Where the club we? by George Foreman the third. That's the longest name ever invented. So <laughs> I would just say the club. The club. I, I knew it was the club. And um, if you haven't been here, we're going to tell you all about it. But George George Foreman the third. Now do, we do call you the third, right? Even yeah, you can call it? me George Foreman the third. My nickname is Monk as well. Monk. That's oh, what okay. they call me at home. Where'd you get that? My dad's nickname is Monkey, okay. so they give me Monk for short. Monk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually, his nickname, uh, my nickname was Monkey originally, but then my uh, my aunt decided that we're going to have to cut up the E and the Y because we can't have two monkeys in one house, as she would say. So. That's totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. True story. So we were just talking before we started the show about how that um, people, uh, your dad's a legendary, the legendary fighter, needless to say, and legendary um, marketer, I think fair to say, and you had a, a big hand in that, right? You you were um, you handled a lot of his marketing and promotions and things. Yeah, you know, I, I would never go as far as to say I had a big hand in it. Um, I had uh, a lot of involvement, I'll put it that way. By the time I started managing my father, he had his grill company, which uh, of his business successes was one of the biggest, mm-hmm. um, obviously boxing before that. Um, it was really, you know, at that point, we had just sold at the, t- at the time more grills than iPods. Um, oh my God. You know, and uh, that was, that was kind of like the claim to fame at the time. And so when I came in, it was more to see how can we take this grill success and leverage it into other industries, i.e., you know, clothes, shoes, um, video games, uh, speaking engagements, uh, books, 
uh, and so on and so forth. Get him on a couple TV shows, etc. But Club by George Foreman the third is is in South. Do we call this South Boston? Do we call this Seaport? It's funny in Boston uh, as the years go by, everybody keeps pushing South Boston down the street. Right. But this is South Boston. Um, right. We're right between what people call the Seaport and Southie right. on A Street. Um, the name now the name is Fort Point. Right. That's where I'm at. Don't mind me. So, um, so, so the idea was something for everybody because, you know, now we have about 2,000 people using this gym on a daily basis, 1,500 that are members. Only about 15 of them actually get in the ring and even come close to doing what it feels like to really box. Mm-hmm. The others are here because what we try to do is give them, take that mentality that a fighter has to take into his training and his lifestyle to compete. Take that mentality into everything <coughs> you do. We don't just push it into fitness. Um, where we're very type A about what we ask you to do um, and about having fun. We don't just take it into the nutrition, but we also take it into the motivation side. Why are you doing these things? And these days, people don't just buy things you tell them to buy. They, they want to know why. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we're all about. So we start with saying everybody fights. If you believe that you have the optimism to get up and go at it every day, that, that that's what makes you successful. If you believe that, this is the type of place you want to be because it has the type of people you want to be around. Mm-hmm. And fitness is just what we do. George, you and I were together um, Tuesday morning at a meeting, and you talked about five things that you have to have in order to properly motivate people, get them engaged. What are those? So the five things, and we try to weave it into classes, the the book, our website. The five things are kind of six, but some of them overlap. Number one is um, fun. Uh, well, in any in any uh, order, so you have fun, um, freedom, something that makes you feel free, and reestablishes that you are free. Um, empowerment, the effect, the, the ability to affect your own outcomes, um, or power. Some people call that power. Another one is love. Um, I like to call it belonging, and because a lot of us have love, but we don't feel like we belong anywhere. We go home, everyone doesn't want to hear our mouths because we're in charge, um, or for whatever reason, we go to work. Everybody's sick of us, we're tired, we're overworked, underpaid, it's cold outside, we don't belong there. And most of us just go to Starbucks. Yeah, right. Belonging, how do we make you feel belonging? So you have that. And then the other two I like to call uh, acknowledgement. Sometimes you just need to people to acknowledge you. You're completely value-driven, you're philosophy-driven, you have a, good, uh, a great you know, credo. Did that come from your family? Did that come from, did some of that come from your dad? Or, or It comes from both my mom and my father. Yeah. My mother's you know, kind of the person that'll be playing with a hummingbird in a tree, you know, thinking about Gandhi. You know, mm-hmm. she's the sweetest person you ever want to meet. Um, wouldn't harm a fish. My father is a uh, professional boxer. He's in the hurt business, but he's been a minister for the last 37 years, and he's had a tremendous effect on me. I've never seen him look at another woman or even <coughs> say a bad word. Um, the most important thing I learned from them collectively is be the nicest human being anyone's ever met. We're all going to have times where we need to assert ourselves to get the job done. But someone know that you're a decent human being, that you're a nice person, set the standard for that. That's the most important thing. And um, they never pressured religion on, on us, but they said, be a decent human being. Do you remember when your dad fought Tyson in the early 90s? Were you old enough to, or were you not, or were you barely born or what? First of all, I'm very glad my dad did not fight Tyson. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. He begged to fight Tyson, he fought Holyfield. Oh, okay. So the, he, he campaigned to fight Tyson. Fight, Tyson didn't want to fight him, and I'll tell you why later Holyfield. if you ask. I'm thinking of the Holyfield, but... Holy, Tyson lost his championship. Holy, Holyfield became champion right after him. Right. And my dad fought Holyfield. Okay, you're right. That is what I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. sorry. It was the early 90s, and your father was... Um, he was a long shot, but he, but he really hung in there, mm-hmm. and, and he gave what, what 
was, I think, one of the greatest speeches I've heard after a fight. Do you remember that? I'm not sure. I can't remember. It, it was just, he was all about being positive, and, and by the end of the speech, he had you convinced that he, he quotation fingers, won the fight, even if, um, you know, Holyfield had prevailed. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, you, 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 well, I, I don't know if, um, you know, you, um, you clearly picked up a lot of his positive qualities and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, your dad was a guy who, who was a great fighter, but also in the later life, he just, he really grew into uh, a comfortable place in his own skin uh, publicly, mm -hmm. right? Is, do you think that's fair to say? Because, I mean, when you, this, this is when you were probably a baby, but he didn't always used to be known as, as a beloved guy. In fact, if anything, he was sort of a, a kind of mean looking guy compared to Ali, who was the big clown. Yeah, you know, the problem for him back then, and I'll come back to Holyfield, was that he thought to be a fighter, you had to come off as mean. He yeah. thought that's what you had to be. And his, his Sonny Liston was his, uh, one of his idols. Prisoners that would come home and walk around all tough, which was a facade, they were his idols. And um, he didn't learn until he was older that fighting is not about being mean. Fighting is about understanding how to you know, make adjustments and never taking a step backwards. And that's the one thing he had in his first career that he had in his second career. He never backed away from anybody, but that doesn't mean you have to be a mean person and send that and project that. Um, merit is, is more important than making people fear you, you know? Um, so when he fought Holyfield, what, what I'm sure he was talking about, because we've talked about it, he said he always felt like he won that fight. Um, personally, you know, he didn't get the victory, but he won the fight. Mm. The fight. Mm -hmm. I talked to Holyfield one time, and he said, Man, it's tough, man. When you fight your dad, you don't go to George. You go around George. <laughs> yeah. And he said he practiced running for my dad. He said, and that's okay because he got the scorecards. My father was proud of himself. He never took a step back. No matter what happened, no matter what point of adversity, there's one time I don't even know how he stood on his feet. Yeah. But it was in his nature. Keep coming forward. Keep coming forward. Keep coming forward. He never took a step back. And that's the fight. Mm -hmm. The victory is kind of a score thing. That's, 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 that's about points. Did you, th you think that's an important lesson in life? Not to not to belabor it, but I try to teach my son. You know, I have a son who's 12 who plays baseball, and you know he hates losing. You know most kids do, but I try to teach him. That, and 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 I've coached him twice in basketball, and we've made it to the championship game and lost each time. Yeah. And I try to tell the kids that um, in a way, winning is overrated because winning is easy. You look up and you're the one who won. You get to be happy. You get. Losing, you you, you 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 can learn something from yourself. You can you can learn how to you know you can stand you know to, to stand up and stand in the line and shake hands with the other kids after you've lost. It takes more you know uh, courage to do that than character, if yeah. you've won. The character. I don't know. Do you think there's something to that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think one of the most beautiful things is in a fight. There's a moment where two things meet um, when, in a real fight. Because yeah. I had boxing matches. I didn't have a lot of fights. Um, you have challenges challenge something that challenges you where you have to put 130 percent of your effort into it and only certain things can bring you to that point and then that's your effort the other side is your thinking ability your ability to use everything you've learned technically when those two come together someone forces you to come to that point and you your response is the only way you can even stay in the ring is to do both of those things at 100 percent. and your response is okay let's do it then that means you're winning your fight mm -hmm. when you say oh i'm going to mentally back down because you can still work hard. Oh, I'm going to physically back down because I see I see how I can win, but I'm not willing to do that, right? That's where you lose the fight, and you can actually get the victory in those positions. Mm. And so getting a chance for that to happen in your life is a beautiful thing, 
responding to it with every ounce of your being is a beautiful thing. That's what fighting is. Mm. And so when the kids get on the field, that's, I think, coaches need to tell them, we're looking for the opportunity to completely test ourselves in both angles and respond like yeah. we want more and never take a step back. Forget what forget what the scorecards say. And, and judging by the way you, you know, uh, work people out up there, I can tell you got, it, it's not, it's the, you know, it truly is. It's the old cliche. It's the it's the journey, not the destination. You know, if you, if you go out yeah. and you, whether you're boxing, you're playing basketball or you're competing in a, you know, I don't know, it's a dance competition or something. If you're not enjoying the process of doing it, then what was the point, really? If the point was just to win, well, you know, I mean, um, a lot of people are going to lose. But you, if you if you can lose and still enjoy the, the ride, right? Yeah, and it's about being with people you want to be with that yeah. you trust knowing that you're not, I tell people in the workout all the time, and the workout, just like you said, only asks of you what you can give to it. It's about how what you're gonna give, yeah. and what you know at the time. Yeah. I'd say there's six exit signs in here. Instantly they say, hey, I'm reminding you, you're free, right? Yeah, I, I, I took a look at everyone. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> I knew what they were. <laughs> but I gotta say, at one point, you so, what George does at the beginning of the workout, he'll show you some boxing combination, you know, a relatively simple one for like rookies like us, and then you go you go back to that during the workout. But when you demonstrated it, man, I was just so glad I wasn't anywhere near you because <laughs> you can still throw. I mean, your I hand, look like I can box. I no, I'm box. telling you, your hands are so quick. So you did have a career as as a professional. Yeah. T t tell us about that. And and, and do you ever still do you ever fight? Do you ever spar with anyone or anything like that? I spar all the time. I get yeah. it with my clients. I don't hit them, but I keep it competitive. Yeah. Because uh, you have to have a goal. But I, yeah, I had 16 professional fights. Didn't have an amateur career because my dad advised against it. Mm -hmm. I agreed with him. And um, my dad was my trainer. It was and it, for me, it was more of an experience to get in there and feel what he felt, and just get the experience. And there's nothing getting in the ring and it's just you and another person and no one can help you, there's nothing like that. And so I just wanted that experience. And then at some point I got hooked on it for 16 fights, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I finally said, that's enough. Mm -hmm. And um, of my 16 fights, I probably had, I think my last, four out of my last six were extremely competitive. Um, the rest weren't that terribly hard. Mm -hmm. It was my sparring, my preparation that were really the, the mm -hmm. pinnacle of the experience. And now you clearly had so much more ahead of you. you get, I mean, you've, you've got the, you've got, you've always been an entrepreneur. You've written, you've written a book, uh, more than one book, or is this the book? So this is the book. The That's the first of many. I first hope. of many. Okay. <laughs> it's called uh, the Fighting Spirit. Um, you you also do uh, professional speaking. You'll, you do speaking gigs, right? Is yeah. uh, is is the website the best place for people to find out about all this? Yeah, the yeah. website. Go to uh, www.everybodyfights.com and click the life live button and you'll find everything you need to about the book or just google fighting spirit will pop up okay i mean people don't know that you you produced you produce tv shows as well yeah, yeah how did you end up producing american inventor american inventor so that was interesting um a couple things number one they wanted my father okay and um and he, he you know any show he's going to be on he has a very he didn't do a lot of tv shows because he's very picky about number one who's he on the show with yeah um the experience for the people that are going to be on the show um, and it, it went from it turned in from we have this idea and we want your dad to be in it to, to George is actually telling us how we're going to do this show yeah. because he, he has certain beliefs and he doesn't believe in something he's not going to do it Okay. so yeah my dad he wouldn't touch anything he wasn't uh, he didn't believe in and so even when people would come on the show he'd say are we going to give them a fair chance or are we going to decide which product we want the best Right. And um, anyway, long story short, we became heavily involved in how the show was run. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And, oh, so that's and, what that show was. It was it was your dad and and they would bring inventors would come on, and uh, it was a way to show the invention and yeah, kind of like Shark Tank right before Shark Tank. Okay, but yeah. he wasn't going to do it unless he could have a hand in how the whole thing was going to play out. That's how he is. He's hands on. And did he have a hand in the, the grill? So he, he was, absolutely, really? he didn't invent it. Right. Um, other than that, he couldn't have been more hands on. Okay. So I mean that that it's amazing that that has that's changed like households, right? I mean that's um, it's still going strong, I assume, right? Yeah, it's still going strong. Yeah. Still going strong. It's kind of like the toaster now. They yeah. sold about 130 million units, um, and now they just you know when people re up, they're right there on the shelves. Yeah, that's incredible. I have one on my back porch. On your back porch, you can bring it inside if you want to. You know, I right? like it on my back porch. Okay, you got the big stand up one. I, okay, I do. So. Um, Tell me, uh, okay, so I have a couple of random questions. First sure. off, you, 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 we were really impressed with your, your hip-hop uh, selection of songs during the workout, right? Did yeah. you choose those songs? Um, do I choose those songs? I choose every single song that goes on my playlist. You do? Okay. Well, I have to go get the clean versions without the curse words. Um, I do allow my members to collaborate, though. I make them okay. collaborative, they put all their songs on, and then I go get the clean versions. So give us a few if, if you had to pick your top three or four. Like My top three or four yeah. songs for Box Fit, I like uh, Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z. Sure. Um, uh, anything James Brown. Yeah. That's I listen to James Brown, Marvin Gaye, and Al Green when I train. That's mm -hmm. pretty much it. Um, then you got Living on a Prayer, because I can get the whole <laughs> class to sing together. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. And last but not least, um, I don't know, man. I like soul. So, not everybody likes soul, but those okay, are, so, that's what I like. Okay. So, I mean, I noticed, you, well, you, you, you asked the class, you want throwback or you want, um, I guess, modern hip-hop, yeah. right? And, we, and a couple of people shout out throwback. So I heard uh, well, I heard the Humpty Dance, for sure. Yeah. I heard, uh, <laughs> He's funny. I heard uh, Naughty by Nature, uh, yep. Hip Hop Array, right? I heard, let's see if I can name. Can you name any, sir? You weren't concentrating in No, the I was just listening to the music. <laughs> I was, I was just trying to cycle uh, I, I think music's very, I mean, you think music's very important to working out. Music's very important because rhythm, when you do things to the rhythm, you get a lot more endurance because our body works off rhythm, just like our heart and our breathing. Yeah. Um, so as much as I can get people to get into the music, the better. But it's all about what they want to hear and what gives them a little motivation. Juxtapose, I mean, mixed with yeah. what's going to make me have fun too, because if I'm, I'm smiling and having fun, they're having fun. Right. So that's where the music plays in. So the playlist is like a requisite as a trainer here. You got to be good at making a playlist. <laughs> it's for DJs. No, I, yeah, fitness I thought, DJs. I, I thought it was great. Uh, Gin and Juice was in there too uh, by uh, Snoop. Edited, it was, edited. Yeah, yeah. clean. Yeah, it was a clean version of all the songs. <laughs> just you know, um, and uh, Jay Z was in there. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah, remember um, which one. Uh, uh, Man, it'll come to me later. Anyway, so um, yes, very impressed by the place. No, but when I, when I work out, I put on songs that either just kind of pump me up generally, or remind me of certain things in my life that were like you mm -hmm. know like positive, like or even something stupid, like if the you know if the you know the Patriots came out to a song and they won the Super Bowl, I remember that song, you know, and, you know. Well, it's an emotional response. Yeah, that's right. And that's what this thing's all about. That's yeah. right. So what's um, what's the greatest fight you ever saw? Greatest fight I ever witnessed in person or on t Let's just watching? Let's okay. Ball. Greatest fight in person was Mike Tyson versus Lennox Lewis. Because oh. it wasn't much of a fight. Lennox Lewis dominated him. But before that fight, I was ringside and you had policemen. It was like they looked like the National Guard from one corner to the other 
to separate the fighters. There was so much tension in that room. Yeah. There's nothing like that. I've never seen anything like it before or after. I went to all the HBO fights for like 10 years. Oh, is that right? Yeah, um, right, sitting right behind my father where he did commentary. There was nothing like that, man. Everybody was like, what's going to happen? And they didn't know whether the fight was going to happen until the last moment. Mm-hmm. Tyson, and he was an entertainer. <laughs> not in a good way sometimes, but he was an entertainer. So they thought he might flip out? and like, not even... but Yeah, he's going to bite somebody. He's going to yeah. have a breakdown. No, he would never do that. Well, he's a sweet, he's a sweet man, but yeah. you know he was uh, he was unstable sure, back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, on TV, right? On TV, you got to go with uh, Ali Frazier two, I believe, two or three, okay. whichever one got stopped in the fifteenth round. Right. I think it was a throw in Manila, because here you have in one corner, one guy saying, "Stop the fight! Stop the fight! Stop the fight!" Guess yeah. who that was? Ali. 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 Yeah. And you have another guy in the corner, a guy who can't even see, eyes closed shut, saying, "Don't stop it! Don't stop it!" Yeah. And they stopped it because they cared about him. And he lost on the scorecard. Fred lost on scorecard. Because it was a few seconds before they, Ali was going to say, I quit. Just yeah. a few seconds. And Ali won on the scorecard. Frazier won the fight. Yeah. that I wonder if that was one of the fights that, that the, the movie Rocky was inspired on because that's, you know, what they tried to capture in, in those movies is like that moment when you're, you know, you're half dead and you're like, you barely got your wits about you. You know, Rocky called for Mickey to cut his eye and all that, all that yeah. business, right? Yeah. He captured the fighting spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a real fighter. Um, how about, so were you were you old enough to see any of your dad's fights? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I never witnessed one in person. Okay. He wouldn't allow that. Is that right? Why? I don't know, but he never wanted us to go through that, and I've seen some of my family members fight, and there's nothing that makes you feel more helpless. Um, he had a hard time doing it for watching me fight. We watched it on TV, though. Yeah. What of the fights that you've seen of your dad's? Which which one makes you proudest? Uh, the fight that made me the proudest is when he accepted the fact that it wasn't for the money anymore, and that he could still do it, and he still loved the sport, but he loved his family more. Mm-hmm. So he said, "I got the money. I'm gonna care. I'm gonna focus on you guys." So right before you fight a guy named Shannon Briggs, um, and he won that. He actually won that fight all the way through. I don't know why they didn't give it to him. But anyway, at the end of the, before, right before the fight, the day of, he calls me and he's like, how you doing, et cetera. And I say, uh, he goes, man, you know what? Can you imagine your dad saying this at work? He said, I don't want to be here. He said, I want to be home with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? He said, yeah, I can't wait to go. I don't even know what I'm doing up. You know, I was like, I don't yeah. know why I'm here. Um, I just wish I was hanging out with you guys. And I remember that. So he has the fight, makes his money, comes home, and he never fought again. Wow. But his career took off in a way after that. He was his big years after that, his last fight, right? Because I mean, he 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 so embraced his personality. Oh yeah, you so know, he, did, well, he did the, the Pepsi ad and the. Uh, well, he, know, he was really mentioned. he was really upset because they stole the fight for him. So he goes back into his locker room and his lawyer yeah. comes to him and says, "Here you go, George. Here's a check." And I think the check was uh, a million dollars. No, it was over a million dollars, just over. And my dad said, what's this? He said, that's one month of royalties from your grill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now he starts to see the light, right? And he didn't have to take one punch for the grill, right? Not one punch. And those, yeah. in, those checks ended up almost being four a month. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why he didn't go back to boxing. I don't know, but we got him at home more, so. I mean, he, he, uh, he just became um, such a lovable character. I remember him, I want to say it was the Letterman show. This, this, this might be my faulty memory, but I swear, someone asked him, on a talk show what his greatest moment in boxing was and he said oh it was the night in Atlantic City when we went up and down the 
boardwalk and I got to eat at every fast food place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. He's not lying. I inherited a love affair with food. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? Actual love affair. You know where you sneak and hide it from people and all yeah. that? Love yeah. affair. He, he loves it. So what are your favorite places to eat around here? Favorite places to eat in Boston would be Abe and Louie's, when I can get to Back Bay, Smith & Walensky, uh, Sweet Green, uh, Cafe Jaffa on, in Back Bay, Cafeteria, because the people are nice. Mm -hmm. The food's good, but the people are nice. And, oh, and Pastoral, Pastoral, Pastor, Pastoral Pizza Kitchen, yeah. gluten-free pizza. Oh, I, eat, I take two at a time. <laughs> <laughs> And yet, you look like you have about 2% body fat. I know. Well, he's on his feet. Working. I, mean, I don't do it working. every day. So, do you, I mean, you get you probably get like a mild workout just from running the classes. And then do, do you, you do your own workouts on top of that? Yeah. You know, I'm gift, I'm fortunate because uh, I'm, um, I'm fortunate because teaching the classes, I walk a minimum of four miles a day. On Thursdays, I walk 11 miles a day just pacing around, teaching oh my, my classes. Um, you know that because you track it? On the, yeah, I have one oh. of those little devices. Oh, really? I mean, on my phone. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Sarah. So, we're in we're on Central Canal, Center Canal in South Boston right mm -hmm. now. You're opening a new gym, though, right? right. Yeah, Where and when? Oh, um, so we're opening a new gym in this winter. Um, you know how hard it is to get permits in Boston, yeah. so we're optimistically saying January. Um, very optimistically, right behind City Hall in Center Plaza, oh, cool. um, across the street from the new Government Center T stop that's coming up so we'll be you walk out there and you walk right in our door that's right by Perfect. my office I have no excuse now that's no great. excuse at all so we're really excited about it's it simple. we'll have um, it'll be a little bit bigger okay. um, we hired the guy who did the last sports club LA um, so the materials we pick will be a lot nicer um, it's nice here but it'll be nice and we'll have a few more classrooms we'll have a classroom just for running just for spinning just for yoga just for boxing uh, and I think we may have a blow dry bar because oh. we have 70% no, women at the gym, so we got to get the blow dry bar. Okay. Make sure you pronounce every syllable when you say that, because people <laughs> might, might get the wrong idea. Um, so, oh, no. Uh, so, so that, Hair. Don't Hair. worry, George. That, that's where my mind went, not yours. Um, uh, so, Carrie, come here. Carrie. So, she's been quiet so far. So, Carrie Tabaski has been sitting here. She's uh, George's PR person, and she's been a friend of mine forever. But you're also a boxer. You're a, you're a student of George's. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. And how long how long have you been doing this for? Uh, I've been boxing for about five years, and, and I've been working with George for about a year. So what? And and you're uh, you're still a young woman, but you have you have three kids. <laughs> I want people to get the picture. I won't yes. say how old you are, but but you know. Uh, early forties. You're in your early forties, and yes. you're in terrific shape. And like, what what makes a uh, a mom of of three you know wanna hit people in a ring. It's because I have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm one of them. I'm one of the kids. I, I, who I yeah, love very much kids. and I don't want to hit them or right. my husband. So I, you know, so there's something about boxing, about hitting a bag or hitting the mitts really hard that yeah. is, that it is such good therapy and yeah. such good stress relief. And just, and the workout, I mean, it just releases all the endorphins and stress and um, it's just, it, it's an unbelievable workout. I just, um, I love it. And it makes me feel good. And if I'm happy, then my whole family's happy. Yeah. Well, I got to say, you, like, she's good. Did you see her? So I'm looking at Sarah now. Did you see her? 
I was with Carrie the, the whole time. <laughs> no, but in the ring a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I came in. So she's good. She's scared. She's. she's I'm scared of her now. She's uh, a... I'm glad she's, she's on my side. Ferocious. Yeah. That's the only way you describe yeah. Carrie. But George, are a lot of people like this? Like, just... It could be... You could be in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You, you can... You yeah, we, our oldest member was born in the 80s. I'm sorry, in the 30s. The 30s. And, uh, yeah, they come here and they do their thing. And, you know, the thing about boxing is a punch is emotional. Like, when you're at the office and you get upset, you go, ah, ah, yeah, slam, I, and you yeah. shake your hands. And, broke, you know. I broke a Xerox machine once. Yeah. That's the same thing. Well, there we go. <laughs> right, there we go. That's emotional. I know, it's bad. No matter. <laughs> I'm thinking about the yeah. scene in the office space when they're slamming the uh, oh, yeah. fax machine. That's how it happens. The fax machine. When a you, printer, they take it out with baseball. With or a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when people come here and throw a punch, whether they mean for it to or not, they're having that same emotional moment. I don't know why a punch is like that. A yeah. jog is not. It does help. But when you throw a punch, you're releasing whatever's pent up inside. And I find the most ferocious people are not the boxers. They're not the professional boxers. They're not the amateur boxers. They're people that come from finance and they're people that come from lawyers. Lawyer, yeah. Well, I'll say that I don't, they're the most... I think I thought it was competitive, but maybe it's not competitive. I don't know. But I get the most like energy when I'm holding mitts from people or holding the bag from people that are from the financial district. Mm-hmm. in this gym and I'm like I wish my boxer had that whatever you got going on mm-hmm. I wish my fighters had it mm-hmm. they have something different man yeah. special so what did we right? carry did we you agree yes and moms yeah. I think moms. <laughs> and moms apparently moms and moms yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean there's a lot you know we're trying to juggle and manage and and run you know some of us try That's to true. work it's just there's so much and so when you get in I mean I, I drive you know, 35, 45 minutes to get here every time I'm here, and I walk in the door and I'm just like, oh, you know, it's my yeah. happy place. Yeah. And so I think and as soon as you start working out, as soon as you start hitting the mitts or hitting the bag, it just, it all goes away for at least an hour. There you go. You yeah. gotta come back. Yeah, by the way, I mean, if we didn't say it already, it, it's a beautiful gym. Like, it, 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 it's kind of old school feel, but with um, like nice modern. Uh, uh, fixings and everything. I don't know. It's, it's a luxury it's, it's, boxing gym. That's what. It, that's the better way of putting it. Thank you. And but like and like you know, for guys that like these kind of things, like the locker room is really nice and it's there's a sauna and a steam and so um, uh, so you got to check it out. Everybodyfights.com is where you go, right? Everybodyfights.com. Yep. What, Carrie? What else did we did we need to did pitch? You talk about fighting it forward. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we talked about, talk about the book. Okay. I'll talk about fighting it forward really quick, and it goes back to what um, we were talking about earlier, those four to six things people need to feel. Fighting it forward is a social media uh, movement we're trying to build where instead of using our phones for selfies, which is okay, Mm. and just to say, look at me, look what I did, um, use your phone and you have these hashtags. People can, you know, Facebook, Twitter, you can use a hashtag and it connects you to other people who use the same thing. Hashtag fight it forward. Moving forward, like pay it forward. Whenever someone does you a favor, does something nice or when you've done something from them acknowledging it mm-hmm. um, and the whole purpose behind it and you don't have to do it but just do it you don't have to hashtag but go out and do it yeah. help people the idea is you make someone feel happy you're going to feel happy by making them feel free empowered making them feel like they belong by just saying hey how you doing where are you from in a gym or something or at work making them feel like they belong appreciated acknowledged when you give that to someone think about it you actually you actually receive it yourself and so the whole idea is everybody fights goes back to the one thing, no matter what you're fighting for, it, it all leads back to happiness. Right. If you're fighting for that, give it to other people and you'll get it. And it won't have to do with the results of your work 
and all that. It'll have to do with the fact that you created a way to be happy regardless of your outcomes. So that's what Everybody Fights and Fight It Forward is about. So I would love for everybody to start using that hashtag because it'll be a lot of fun. And share your stories. And share your share stories. stories. Tell people about what you fight for and all yeah. that. Go to our website. You'll see it. I'll hashtag fight it, fight it Forward, right? Hashtag Fight It Forward. I like that a lot. We, Sarah and I are in a networking group together, and we always say the people that are we try to make it a very collegial, fun group. You guys came to a meeting. George was kind enough to come to a meeting and, and meet. Uh, that was fun. Folks. Yeah, thank you. I wasn't there. I couldn't make it. I'll make the next one. Shame. But um, but uh, you know, one thing we say when we get in there, we're here to help each other. The way for you to start is to help somebody else. Don't sit yeah. there and wait for someone to help you. Help somebody else. Like, and you know, when you hear something like, "Oh, I just realized this is a good opportunity for Carrie, or this is good for Sarah, for George." Like, I, I got to call him right now. I got to tell him introduce them as a person that's going to be a help to them you're absolutely right you, you feel great and and by the way it comes it, it, it's intoxicating it, yeah and it'll it'll come back to you it'll come back to you but but you're right even if it doesn't directly come back to you, you no feel, it will you when good. you need it when you need it it will it comes, yeah right. all right I, we could spend another hour george maybe we'll come back some other time but um thanks so much for being here george thank um, you for, thanks for letting me chat and, a little bit and um don't forget everyone come to the gym see it come to this one or over the winter go to uh the new one, which will be in Government Center, but go to everybodyfights.com. It's got a list of all the classes and everything, and um, and uh, I take it the, the book is the book. Uh, we can go to the website, find the book there too. Yes. Okay. And, and I have to um, shamelessly plug that George expert. is an unbelievable motivational speaker. He does. We did that when you were out of the room. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. call my husband. Well, he was pretty modest about it, so go ahead and plug. No. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so George, um, what, whatever he's saying applies to everyone, and um, whether it's students or lawyers or you know people in the financial fields or um, you know families, moms, dads, he customizes his speaking engagements based on you know his audience. But it's um, you know we've had a few for students lately, and it's just they've just been so impacted by what he has to say so yeah I'll, and i'll make it short I, I followed my dad around since i was 11 and uh writing everything he said down he still we he calls me and says write it down he knows i do it <laughs> and i have 150 or more what i call fight loss things that he learned in fighting or that apply to everything and uh, i put 12 of them in the book but the idea only is 12 that of them only 12 is so you more. got like 10 more books coming i don't know how many i have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, have but the point is more. I sit around thinking, how can I? How can these apply to sales? How can it apply to communication? How can it apply to making better relationships, etc.? So whenever I go speak at a school, wherever it is, I go through all this stuff and say, how can I pull down five, three to five fight laws that apply to whatever that organization thinks um, needs a boost? Mm -hmm. And we just focus on those fight laws and have fun. Same thing I do in the gym. I love it. I love it. George, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. And uh, Sarah, thank you, as usual. Carrie, thank you. For being the pain in the neck you are, and and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Doing, doing what you do so well. Keep fighting. Just don't punch me. Thank you. We will see. We'll see you next time on Unbillable Boston. We're out.